When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Troy Noons is an Absolute Podcast. I'm your host, as always, John Casilla. With me today is Dan Lyons. Hello, everyone. Happy, well, I guess we could probably just, like, cut to it, right? Like, uh, it, it is another episode Happy. of this podcast. Happy last episode of this podcast. And it is podcast. also the final episode of this podcast, at in least, I mean, this podcast, in its current form. Yes, the, uh, the, the, the duo of, of Dan and I, who have been hosting this thing for upwards of eight years, um we will not be doing it anymore um and that is largely because i will be resigning as the managing editor of news magician effective wednesday when everyone is listening to this so you read more about that on the blog so we will talk about that a little bit here we will have some fun with things we'll talk about some recurring bits um this is episode 430 of this podcast which is pretty insane to, uh, to think about and the amount of time that we've dedicated to this. But Dan, uh, off the top, I'll say it, it has been a pleasure. And this has been, this has been a fun aspect of Syracuse fandom over, over the last eight plus years, despite the fact that Syracuse fandom isn't always fun. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, it's been, it's been nice to be able to like spend, you know, an hour, hour plus, like uh, kind of just getting everything out. Just like, I, I mean, obviously you've been kind of living in it more directly than I have more, you know, working on more of a national scale uh, for, almost the entire run of this podcast, but podcasts I think started before I've been working officially in sports. So that's crazy. Um, but just like being able to, to find an outlet for like the Syracuse stuff that, you know, has unfortunately been sidelined. I guess not, unfortunately, it's just kind of the nature of, of everything uh, got sidelined compared to like when I was writing for the site more and, and more able to like hone in and was like a season ticket holder for football after I graduated and all that stuff. So yeah, it's been a total joy. Even when like, I mean, it's, it, we probably caught like the craziest, like what, eight years of, or among the craziest eight years of Syracuse fandom, at least in like the modern uh, the modern age, it's definitely been the weirdest eight years. Uh, when you figure all the things that have been thrown into this um, sanctions, the Bernie Fine situation, the final, the surprising Final Four run, uh, the ten win season. I mean, several football coaches, Jim Beheim somehow outlasting me, <laughs> which which is not something I expected when I first took over. I think it was one of the first things that I, I asked uh, when I saw you in LA and you told me that you were stepping down a couple, you know, like a, over a month ago now. Um, I asked if you thought that you were going to outlast Jim Beheim or not. And uh, yeah, Jim's, Jim's rolling. I mean, we're up one on pits uh, at the time of this recording. So uh, I don't know that, you know, it's necessarily uh, thriving, but uh, he will be the coach, I assume, on Thursday. So <laughs> I don't want to say, I don't want to say for sure. Like I'm, I'm like ninety nine point nine percent sure, but again, we we just talked about how crazy the Syracuse fan experience has been. So we never totally know what anything's gonna happen. Yeah, I mean, maybe not. I mean, it, maybe if Syracuse loses to Pitt, everyone just decides, you know what? Let's just throw in the towel here. We're done. Yeah, if Syracuse loses, I mean, they always lose to Pitt, so like maybe that shouldn't even be a surprise. But this Pitt team's real bad, and the Syracuse team's pretty bad. But this Pitt team's real bad, so. uh uh, Jim Jim just like walks out of the press conference and maybe he beats you. Maybe he beats you to the punch and he quits tonight. I mean, it's not really macabre. <laughs> bold, but I mean, it is fitting that we're once again, uh, we're, we're spending the last episode 
um, like avoiding talking about a game currently going on. Yeah, it's only appropriate that we chose to shift up the podcast one night in order to better fit the timeline here. And then uh, it happens to coincide with a really brutal first half of a Syracuse game. Yeah, well, uh, we're going to get into all that in a sec. Um, I did want to talk first to some kind of like breaking news uh, coming across here. And of course, a garbage truck decides to arrive again, just really hitting all the hit, hitting every single note you could possibly hit. Um, from, from podcast. We couldn't, we couldn't get Sean, so we decided to get the, you know, municipal uh, adventures of Southern California, the, the other, the, the third host, really, of the show. <laughs> that, that would be the third host. My children would be the fourth. Speaking of, like, among, among the weird things um, about this show, I guess, from, like, the time it started, um, I mean, I was, I think, newly married when the show started. <laughs> Did not have children, was not a homeowner. That was like three jobs ago for me. You were either you, you were either newly married or you had like you were engaged. But yeah, I mean, obviously a lot's happened. Um, I mean, not as much has happened here. I mean, I moved to New York. Uh, I now work for Sports Illustrated, which is crazy. Uh, uh, I moved again in New York, so I mean, I guess my life has not had the quite as many uh, giant uh, moments, but uh, you know, plenty of Syracuse uh, shenanigans to fill in the the cracks there. <laughs> Yeah, still large, still important, but yeah, I mean, I was also like a year out of graduating, and now I'm uh, many, many years out of dra- outside of uh, my SU time. So again, it's very surreal to think about in general. Just as like this was still a very freshly, I mean, I was writing for the site before I graduated. I think I was a sophomore or junior when I started, and then you know now to be so far removed from that, it has been like kind of a a very interesting through line this whole time. It is weird, and it's going to be weirder, I guess, as we uh, as we kind of close this chapter. But um, we will get through. Mention, I, I should probably mention that uh, Kevin uh, reached out, and I will be, I think, in some capacity appearing on uh, the live cast, like here and there. Probably, probably not every week, but when they need me, when they want a, another voice, so I'll be around. But uh, not on the the pretty consistent. Like we, you know, we missed episodes here and there, but we were doing like what five forty five episodes a year at least. <laughs> like it's pretty impressive yeah. how consistent we were. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't always on the same day, and <laughs> we, we definitely had some some differences in format. But you know what? Like the current setup here of uh, the 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 you know every week, I think the intro was pretty similar. The I think halftime w- was a fixture for at least the last six or seven years. Um, yeah, I mean, we, once we, we moved on get... from like from like the three person format, which like you know it was nice to try to get other people involved, but I think. We probably both are. It's like just like way easier in terms of like figuring out the chemistry uh, to the the one on one. But yeah, since I think we moved basically to just the two of us for most episodes. Obviously, we've had guests and we've had uh, other people chime in for big episodes. Like, yeah, it's been pretty similar. I'd say probably the last four or five years. I would guess. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely it's been weird. It's going to continue to be weird. I uh, I'm not going to disappear completely. Well. <laughs> at first, I'm gonna, I, at first, I'm going to disappear completely. Um, admittedly, yeah, you deserve a, a good uh, vacation from the day in day out of this. I think. Yeah, I think that the Syracuse men's basketball team has made it very easy for me to not chime in. I think for the rest of the spring, <laughs> and then I'll probably pop back up. I mean, I'll be like on Twitter, I guess. But admittedly, like, I don't think I'm going to be spending a ton of time watching Syracuse sports for the rest of the like ensuing months. Not going to lie. Not because I don't still love being a Syracuse fan. Not because I don't still love rooting for the teams or even like the fan base, which has its like glaring positives um, at times. 
but realistically like yeah i i, I need a i need a mental health break from all of this and, and 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 that's that's to no one's fault that's really like it's a it's a shame that you know kind of the world has shifted the way it has i think because it's i mean you see this a lot of content creators and just people who've been at it such a long time and i know you can relate like it can be a little bit of a grind um and for me it was a grind that was um you know secondary at times to my full-time job my you know what i need to do as a parent what i need to do as a husband um just a functioning member of society so i definitely think that uh this is going to be a, a good practice for me to be less online for the first time in a, a long time. Yeah. And I mean, certainly that is, I think in general, uh, more, more than just like, obviously the Syracuse thing is what it is. Like, you know, teams do poorly sometimes, but um, just the general like onlineness of it. Uh, certainly no, no issues taking like a, a long extended mental health break. Cause like no one really needs Twitter. Like I enjoy Twitter. I have a, I think probably a, a high percentile experience on Twitter where I don't get too much, nonsense and if i do it's about like someone deciding that like a typo i wrote is like the worst thing that's ever happened um and i can deal with that but overall like you know i don't think anyone should be super uh, concerned about potentially just taking a step back on any form of social media um uh, because obviously for a lot of people it's like super toxic so yeah i i, I do not blame you one bit <laughs> like dan i guess you know uh as much as i i'd love to stay like mostly off topic for um, you know, just keeping with how the show really started. I, I, I do think it's worth at least mentioning a couple Syracuse-related things. I think the second half we can get into um, still Syracuse-related things, but in a more, like, larger sense. Um, you know, again, like, talking about some of our favorite bits, some of the other stuff that we've just, like, enjoyed about the pod um, over time. First and foremost, said some breaking news here. I know Stephen Bailey uh, had it up, I believe, first. That uh, Syracuse got a commitment from a Michigan QB transfer, Dan Bellari. Uh, Dan is a Massapequa, New York um, product from a couple of years ago. Dual threat. Um, definitely seems like he has some like pre-existing connections uh, to the staff here um, at Syracuse. At least, might I believe through uh, Jason Beck, the new uh, QB coach. Um, hadn't really heard much about Bellari, admittedly, um, in the lead up to him heading to Michigan. Um, or when he's been at Michigan, but that doesn't mean a ton. Um, you know, I mean, not to completely like drag Garrett Trader, but we heard a bunch about Garrett Trader beforehand. And I wouldn't necessarily say that like every game was just this like lights out experience there um, either. So, you know, sometimes like the hype going in isn't always indicative of what you're going to get um, out of a player. I, I think in any case, like Valari just adds an interesting, like another name basically to a QB room sort of makes up for the fact that we did not secure a QB um, in the 2022 recruiting class. Um, that doesn't mean that we're like 100% done trying to get a, a another QB to challenge Schrader for next year, but I would say at the same time, like it doesn't necessarily encourage me that we're going to pull that off, which means the offense now kind of runs through Garrett Schrader in 2022. And even the, the kind of type of quarterback that uh, Valari is kind of indicates that we are going more full bore into the if not like full straighterness of, of the position like we're still looking at more dual threat players now and lampson is similar to toby morgan's more of a pocket guy um but it is interesting that instead of trying to like recenter on the kind of quarterbacks that we uh, you know wanted to recruit and that were like part of the plan we're now kind of uh morphing and that's fine like i think if that's what 
um, Babers thinks will work best long term, and that's the the type of player that he thinks uh, he ultimately will succeed with after the success with Eric Dungey. Like I'm all for that, um, but it is notable. Uh, so, but the other thing is like I think people will get very excited about him coming from Michigan. He was not a super high recruit. He seemed like a, a bit of a project player which is totally fine those can work out i mean how many quarterbacks you know we just watched a former walk-on who transferred out and then into a program won a national championship last night so like there's nothing to say that he can't become a star player um i don't think he's the type of guy who's going to step in and really be that sort of like garrett schrader challenger that we said we wanted um at the same time i think you know we needed a quarterback uh he kind of slots into the 22 uh, 2022 class as like effectively that quarterback he has uh i believe four years of eligibility left um he played a little bit for michigan this year but not the think through like three passes um so and and you know he had a pretty light offer list but he's also a long island kid so it's not like the heaviest uh area for high school football recruitment so yeah i mean i think he's like uh you know he's, he's kind of a project take but um, if the coaching staff likes him and the Michigan coaching staff obviously liked him for offering him out of, out of high school, as did, I think, the Baber staff, if I remember what I read a half an hour ago correctly. Um, you know, certainly no no real downside, especially with how much room we still had in this class left. Um, but it will be interesting to see what the spring looks like now with with him kind of in that mix with, uh, with Lamson, with Morgan, who I think we're all, like, still very intrigued by based on what he did last year in really tough circumstances. Um, and then traders. So, uh, you know, and Jenny and Torbett's always, always notable. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, but definitely adds another dynamic here. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, like I said, it's just good to, to fill in this year's like need for another quarterback. Ideally you want someone that, that could challenge Schrader, not because we necessarily, you know, need need Schrader to be, to not be the quarterback, but because, um, it, I think the competition would be pretty beneficial for him and for the team overall. Uh, to at least know that like it's more open and that just because we moved on to Schrader doesn't mean that like he has to stay entrenched. Cause I think we've discussed this numerous times on the show before that like Syracuse under Babers in particular has had a very like kind of entrenched view of the quarterback position. And, and that's definitely been a detriment uh, recruiting wise. And it's something, especially today is like the, the, the way in which players commit and then the way quarterbacks in particular behave around recruiting like this, this if, a, if a program looks entrenched, uh, it does become very entrenched and doesn't have a long track record of churning out NFL quarterbacks. It becomes very hard to like convince someone that they're going to have a, a legit shot early. And really, most of these guys, if you're a four star or above, uh, you're going to want to play right away. And, and that's, you know, a, a dynamic shift for for coaches who didn't have to deal with that maybe even like four years ago. As uh, we talk about pretty much every week, like the, the landscape has changed so much. So um, just staying uh, kind of malleable and on your toes as a coaching staff is always important. I mean, it, and it really is, does affect everyone. Like we saw a rash of transfers out of Alabama today. Like they didn't even wait uh, 24 hours after losing the title game last night. So, um, and there, and, and I think Saban has been one of the best at like keeping guys uh, on the, on the roster Obviously, he was able to hold on to Mac Jones for, you know, up until last year. He's he's had really good success in keeping guys, like, well into their careers, even if they don't have huge roles, because there is that promise of, like, it really just takes one year there uh, to get on NFL draft radars. Um, but even he's not able to, like, keep, like, everyone from going. So, um, yeah, I mean, we thought we went pretty in-depth on it last time we spoke. Uh, definitely needs a, a revamp in terms of the recruiting strategy to 
uh, more adequately like reflect just how much opportunity there is to get like both talented players in the same way that you can get them from high school, but also a lot of guys who are more ready to step in right away. Um, so fingers crossed that we see more of that from Babers and, and hopefully this is not just the start of the, uh, a big influx of transfers and not just like the one guy we get for a couple of weeks. Yeah. I mean, I guess the last thing on football here, are you concerned that we haven't seen more movement um, or do you think that's a product of the coaching staff shifts um, and still not having, uh, you know, a, a somebody in that wide receiver uh, coach slot? Or do you think that this is indicative of a staff that can't really make up enough ground is going to have to like mine the Juco route or wait for like late transfers instead, which is like a more perilous game? Um, honestly, I, I don't totally know. It, it's It's hard to say with how much has changed on the coaching staff, but I do think they're getting like, close to a point where okay like they need to kind of get the nose of the grindstone or else we're going to run out of time to really make this a, a pretty full i mean combination class between transfers and and recruits which is like the way you really should be looking at it now um we don't have a ton of time uh or to to identify talent and get guys in get guys to campus if possible which is even more hard because of omicron going around so um plenty of uh and and you know for all of the all of the issues that Syracuse faces being in upstate New York and, and being in the Northeast in general, like the fact that travel, uh, especially during the winter uh, and then during the pandemic here is going to be a lot more difficult. And there's going to be a lot more restrictions in terms of what you can do versus a lot of like the, the powerhouse football States where things are a lot more open. Um, and this is certainly not a value judgment because I, you know, I think both of us are, are have been pretty safe with this whole thing and mostly agree with these restrictions, but um it's just like another obstacle to overcome uh, when it comes to recruiting college football, where like down South, obviously it is what it is, but uh, I'm sure the the coaches, uh, whether for better or worse, are not complaining about uh, the fact that stuff is kind of business as usual, even if uh, it really shouldn't be. Agreed. He's moving on to basketball quickly. Uh, Again, we're not really going to talk a ton about the current game where Syracuse leading by one um, at halftime, but I, I, Dan, like, do you honestly, th- do you think that this team can finish above 500 at this point? Uh, uh, can, yes, but I'd be surprised if it was more than like a game or two over. Um, they're just not consistent enough. They, they struggle so much to close games. And, and we talked about it a couple weeks ago, like the most frustrating part, I think not the worst part, but like the most frustrating is that they're not so much worse than any of these teams that they're losing to. They're in these games late. Like they're, they're in virtually every single game they play this year outside of like the Auburn one got away from them, but Auburn's really good. Um, but like it, it's, it's makes it way more frustrating to see them, you know, pull ahead by 10 at some point and it kind of the, the lead buoy. And then in the last five minutes, you just know that the offense is going to get really stagnant and one-on-one heavy. And you're not going to see the ball streams that we, we really need to get our shooters open. And uh, the defense is, you know, pretty, pretty bad throughout unless Jesse's having an incredible game. Um, and if he has foul trouble, it's even worse. And, and obviously we don't really know how to handle him being out of the game, whether you're, you know, the, the, the Jimmy small ball experiment against wake obviously didn't work. Um, Frank, certainly not like, you know, at a place where every game he's going to be giving you great minutes, but it, it's, it's just really, it's tough to see based on this, uh, them being bet much better than like a couple of games over 500. Uh, just because like there's just there's no consistency, and um, even teams that probably had less individual talent in years past, like you kind of knew that they would have at least a decent shot of closing it out because they had like that one lead guard who could 
make a play for himself or uh, the defense was usually a lot better. It was the offense that was the bigger issue. So, um, yeah, it's hard, hard to be super optimistic based on, like, so much evidence now that this team just has some kind of block that keeps it from pulling out these close games. Yeah, and obviously, like, realistically, it's not like the ACC is, is full of world beaters this year. And the fact that, you know, even against kind of the, the middle of the league, um, they're constantly, um, you know, shoot themselves in the foot, um, you know, in the late minutes. Like, it just – I don't think there's enough there to really make the tweaks necessary. There's not enough levers left to pull to really like turn this season around. Uh, we talked about last week that, you know, an NCAA tournament bid was going to be a long shot. I'm starting to think that NIT might be a long shot as well based on kind of what we've seen. I mean, I'd love to be proven wrong. I'd love it if they were able to kind of, you know, reverse course a bit um, on these close losses and turn them into close wins. Uh, at the same time though, like, you know, living by, a thread, you know, game in and game out, win or lose, does start to to wear on you a bit. And, and, you know, we saw that with football too. Like, you can only do this so many times before it starts to take its toll. And I feel like we're starting to get to that point. And again, it's not like there's like this this immense improvement that's going to be occurring from this roster. Like, I I, I think we, we know what we have, um, at least this year, um, from most of the players on this team. And in particular, um, the key contributors and, and – I think other teams unfortunately do as well. And, and, and on the defensive end, it has become, um, you know, a distinct liability. I think though on offense, um, when you're a little bit more predictable and Syracuse has been, uh, it becomes easier to shut us down late. And I, I, overall it's a disheartening season. It's a season that didn't have to necessarily go this way, but um, as luck would have it, things just kind of, you know, fell apart in a, in a kind of perfect sense um, morbidly. So I, uh, I I hope I hope I'm very wrong about this, and that you know they make something interesting happen over the final you know month and a half or so of the season. But I'm not I'm not banking on it. I wouldn't bank on it either. If, if they make the NCAA tournament, we should do like a special episode or something. <laughs> Hop back on, break the mics out. Um, but uh, yeah, not not gonna not gonna put that one even down in pencil. Uh, although you know. Hopefully they, they respond and beat Pitt tonight because, again, this Pitt team, this should not be the Pitt team that beats Syracuse. All the other ones, I understand. This one. Uh, no. I mean, last year shouldn't have been the team that beat Syracuse. That, that's true. <laughs> yes, true. Um, the last bunch, like Pitt's been, Pitt, I, I feel like Pitt hasn't caught nearly enough heat for how mediocre, actually not even mediocre, how straight up bad they've been in the ACC. Um, like Syracuse has been pretty mediocre and then like super weird when it comes to tournament time. And like, there's a lot to talk about there. Um, Pitt just is like, do, do people remember that Pitt was like a big East power and an, a one seed all the time? And like, you know, a better, you know, regular season program, at least in Syracuse most years, I know they were terrible in the tournament, but like that, at least when I was in school and then through like those last couple years of the big East, like Pitt was a, a huge program. And the fact that like the Jamie did something totally fell apart and now they are, sits and nine uh, and the same one and three record as us in ACC. And like, this is kind of the norm for them is, is so strange. And I feel like not nearly enough has been made of it. You know, I'm sure in Pittsburgh it is, but um, on a national scale. Well, I think realistically, like it, once Dixon left, it, it, there was clearly like not the same dedication to basketball success. Uh, and, and, and I think honestly, like even, even Pitt overall, you know, in the city of Pittsburgh is, is, is playing fourth fiddle. Um, and Pitt basketball probably fifth um, behind Pitt football. I think there's just not 
there, there, there just isn't the investment in it required. Um, but on top of that, I think like from an attention standpoint nationally, like, I mean, Duke, North Carolina, Louisville, Virginia, Syracuse, all take up far more oxygen nationally. So like Pitt kind of gets to go under the radar is just bad. And, and when they first got the, the ETC, they started struggling all over again. It was very easy for the narrative to just kind of fold them in with like BC. It's like, oh, you know, team that doesn't try as hard as the other former Big East teams. And just like yeah. throw them over there. And then that's it. It's just, it's so weird to me because like, I mean, we all remember like the vintage pit teams that a we couldn't beat. Not that we beat them much more now, but we like we beat them significantly more now than we were. Um, but you know, they had one of the best home court advantages, and and again, they were like, oh, I mean, I just I don't have the numbers in front of me, but they were a one seed at least a handful of times through the two thousands into the twenty tens. So yeah, just very strange. Um, and I don't really know what to make. I mean, I think you're you're totally right in terms of. Um, it's easier for a fan base to be fickle, especially a local fan base when you have the Steelers and the Penguins and even the Pirates and Pitt football, which has been, um, at, I mean, at least consistently like average. And then obviously at times like this year when they've been like legit good. Um, but still like for a program that was pretty proud and had like a lot of support for a while there, it is weird to see, uh, to see them just like mired in, in like, like they would kill to have the last couple of years that Syracuse has had even as frustrating as those have been. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, uh, we've talked about this before. I think a lot of teams would, um, you know, BC included. Yeah, so. I mean, BC obviously was a lot better in the Big East and, and uh, you know, through, I mean, it's been a while now. Like, they had a much higher, uh, you know, average season for a while, but they never even had, like, the, the heights that, that pitched no. more or less. No, they, yeah, they were just more consistent for longer um, than, than Pitt. I mean, Pitt was, was largely, like, um, you know, a Howland and, uh, and, and Dixon thing mm-hmm. in terms of like extended success. Um, well, at least BC was like a contender atop of the East for a very long time before like they moved over and they actually competed like at the beginning of their ACC tenure before things just kind of like fell apart. But on that note, Dan, one last time, what have you been drinking? I feel ridiculous as I didn't even think uh, about the ramifications here, but like, I just kind of uh, accidentally like was like, Oh, you know, I had a lot to drink during the holiday. So I'm just like, you know, I'm just not feeling it for a couple days here. And then I realized that I'd have no beers to talk about for the last episode. So uh, yeah, I mean, I, I really haven't had anything to drink in like a week. <laughs> Delightful. <laughs> really, um, poor, really poor planning on my part. I'm sorry, everyone that I didn't have any beers this week. Um, but uh, you can go on my untapped and see the ones I've had throughout the uh, throughout the end of 2021. I yeah, I mean I've had drinks in 2022, but they were pretty much all on New Year's or a little after. So um, yeah, sorry for letting everyone down here on the last episode. I'll I'll do better uh, whenever the opportunity is granted to me next time. Reasonable. Uh, <laughs> I might have made up for it. Um, my birthday was on Monday, so I got to. Do quite a bit of drinking over the weekend. That should have been in the happies. I feel bad about that now too. It should have been a happy belated birthday to lead off before we talked about you leaving the site forever. It's it's fun. <laughs> uh, I got to the, the, the Rangers decided to celebrate my birthday by looking absolutely hapless at uh, the newly renamed Crypto.com Arena. Oh God. Yeah. So uh, some things I drank uh, from Highland Park, uh, ninety hour days. It's a such a dry hop pilsner. Uh, their Hello LA, which I mentioned numerous times over the years, one of my favorite West Coast IPAs, uh, brewed in LA County. 
I was down at Modern Times in Anaheim, um, a Leisure Town location, had a Galaxy Goat. It was a uh, Bach that was made with Galaxy Hops, had Max with Mosaic IPA that I've mentioned before, had a Hedgewitch, uh, their, uh, one of their many um, New England IPAs uh, that was pretty good. Also had Soft Swerve uh, Banana Coconut Sundae uh, that was really good, tasted uh, pretty sweet, but enjoyable nonetheless. Um, had preventative maintenance. It was kind of a lighter pilsner from them. Uh, Sparkle Wolf, the West Coast IPA. Had uh, Highland Park's Timbo Pills, a favorite that I mention all the time, obviously. And then uh, when I was over at LA Live uh, for the game, had some Hazy Little Thing from Sierra Nevada. Had a Wolf Pup Session IPA from Golden Road. Um, hadn't had that one in a while. There was only, for some reason, like, I don't know, that Yard House just had, like, pretty limited selection um, this time. And then... Um, for some reason, at, at the, the arena, um, you would think that if you go to a Budweiser area, because uh, as is a joke around, around here every so often, I will drink a Bud Heavy um, at a game uh, if we lack other options. And the Budweiser named area, no Budweiser in sight. The Goose Island area, no Goose Island in sight. So to avoid walking around the arena too many more times, I settled for a Bud Light Seltzer Black Cherry, which appropriate end to the uh, beer recapping on this podcast. Pour one out, truly. But, uh, yeah, Dan, I guess we're just going to talk about the podcast a little bit. Um, I think we've kind of been retreading a lot of the same woe is us Syracuse narratives. Uh, <laughs> so uh, what's, what, what, what do you feel like has been your favorite bit on this, uh, on this show for the last eight plus years? Um, oof, that's tough. I think my favorite like moments have certainly come during the surprise tournament runs because while we've had so, so, so much discussion and discourse about what those have kind of covered up and what they actually mean and whether or not they uh, kind of mask, like truly mask the warts of the program the last couple of years, being able to hop on and just like gloat about the team uh, in the moment and not really worry about the rest of that stuff for a couple of weeks uh, was so fun. So just like all the running, um, obviously, Sean's open letters were, I think, you know, some of the better things that have gone on the site and kind of like working from there with that uh, kind of ridiculous, braggadocious mindset. Um, but those episodes were all super fun. Um, and then from there, I mean, I, I think uh, obviously, like, for some reason, that one Cal game in 2010, like those those meme or was it the uh, tournament game or was it the the MSG? I think it was a tournament game, actually, uh, during one of those runs where we had the... Uh, Topped it right back in this the second round. Be my yes. and then we face Cal, and then literally just that's <laughs> Cal being willed back into the game by the, by the broadcast. Like I, I think it's hard to beat that just because of a how ridiculous it was, um, and just, like based on the game, which like was not particularly competitive when that was happening. Uh, if those remember, but then like seeing those couple of guys uh, pop up in the NBA for the Cal guys and like. I, I don't know that that specific like site meme uh, for one reason or another just never seemed to die the way that something that was so specific to one game in one season and not even like the most notable game of that tournament run by a large stretch, like probably the least notable game of that tournament run actually, um, but just like never died. But then that, I mean, that was like the whole magic of, of the site and, you know, hopefully we'll continue to be the magic of the site, but also um, I thought we brought like, that kind of sense to the podcast as well, uh, which, which worked. And, and uh, I think that's why we had that, 
you know, that consistency for, for eight years and never even, even weeks where, you know, there have been plenty of weeks where we've had like nothing to talk about. We still kind of found a way to at least get, get like 35 or 40 minutes of just nonsense, <laughs> which, and those episodes were also probably my most, like the most fun. Like I, it was always good. I, I had, it was both good to have an episode where like we kind of stayed on topic and we had like a really good hour discussion and like it just flowed, but also the episodes where we had like nothing to talk about. So we just kind of, kind of did whatever we wanted those were i think just as fun for for me at least oh yeah and i mean i I, those got started early too i I mean realistically like yeah the initial things we were doing on here where we were talking about all the other acc teams before we like started like in the league so it it sort of started off topic um to begin with and i think that i mean that got us started on like our initial mascot conversations which like spurred the uh, the obsession with Tulane that, that that got like fully realized in, into T-shirts and Twitter interactions with people in the athletic department. More more interactions than I think we've had with like the Syracuse athletic department, at least as far as this podcast goes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was one of my favorite things ever said about the podcast um, was when I moved when uh, when I took over for Sean, and somebody said in the comments, uh, like, "Oh God, this guy like." Is it? Oh God! Like now we get to hear more about craft beer while John and the other guy, like talk about things not related to Syracuse. And then, like within a minute or two, you like I know you don't spend as much time to comments now, but I remember like within a minute or two, you comment underneath, "Hey, other guy here." No one forces you to listen to the podcast. <laughs> I do remember this now. <laughs> that's that's one of my great. I mean, that's just like so true of the internet in general, and like no matter where you write or whatever, like. No one ever makes you click on something and no one makes like, you just don't need to comment if you didn't find something interesting. Uh, it's just, I don't know. I feel like I, I, as someone who has put up a lot of internet content over the last uh, decade or so, um, that's just always fascinated me. What, what leads someone to try to uh, steer or, or direct you towards changing how you do something, especially when, uh, what you may be doing may be not right for everyone, but at least some people, I mean, how many people have listened to like every episode of this? Probably like a fair amount, like way more than we had any right to have. So um, clearly like for a, a sect of people, this was uh, what they wanted out of a Syracuse podcast. So hopefully they will find, I mean, hopefully they'll, they'll tune into the other show, uh, the live show um, and continue to get like some version of that. But, uh, and, and to all of you who have listened to however many hundreds of these that we've done over the years, 430, or even if you've only listened to like a, a cool 300, like thank you for, for tuning in uh, all of those times. Yeah, there's, this has been a lot of fun. And like, you know, again, you know, we, we haven't always made it like easy to like call it a Syracuse podcast. I think we've actually changed that quite a bit over time um, where, where we did make tweaks um, when we started going off on tangents too much and we did kind of rein it in a bit over time. Um, you know, we even like canceled out our old um, conference preview series since that got decent amount of complaints. Um, but at the same time, you know, I feel like you and I still got to like, you know, cultivate a fun and interesting like voice that didn't doesn't really have any like it's not like it was the best voice, but it didn't have any competition necessarily. Like we are the longest running like weekly podcast, and and that'll actually continue past this. Like the podcast is still going to be going every week. It's just going to be an audio of the live feed, like the live cast. So people will still be able to listen to this feed. So I don't want you to unsubscribe or anything. Um, yes, you, please stay subscribed. Yeah, tell your friends uh, so they can subscribe. But yeah, it'll like 
So it'll still be the longest running Syracuse like related podcast, which is odd to say and, and, and funny considering again, like the things that we, again, we've had entire conversations about mascots that aren't at Syracuse. We've had Jersey <laughs> ranking contests. We've talked about beer for 25 minutes during episodes. We've not mentioned Syracuse once, probably a couple times. <laughs> There's definitely been at least one episode where the only mention of Syracuse was like in the beginning, like just us acknowledging the fact that we are a Syracuse podcast, and then it never really came up again. <laughs> I don't know what episodes those were, but if you just go, if you go back to like the like, I'd say like the the second or third year, that definitely happened. Oh yeah, no, it happened quite a bit. Um, I think like you hit on a good point, like the fact that we could kind of like hop on here, like when the surprising things happen. Like the twenty, like the two thousand eighteen um, football season was just such a like fun time for us because you and me in particular, being like you know football first fans, like having an ability to finally like tell everybody else like clear the lane <laughs> and and just let us like cook here and, and be able to talk about you know a legitimate top twenty five team and a team that like national media was talking about and the team that was on radars and like was ranked and everything else like that was such a rewarding and like you know personally like given everything i like went through that year like i kind of needed that and so it was nice to have this in particular the site too but 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 this podcast in particular to be able to like just have fun for an hour gloat about syracuse football um and, and and just enjoy like the, the, the surprising thing that that was. And, and I think really that's where this podcast has always thrived is like either the, either the like morbid in terms of like, you know, disturbingly bad results that we didn't want or expect, or like the fun and exciting stuff that, that, that has happened pretty often actually since this podcast started. Yeah. It certainly like, it would have been a shame if we didn't have like one football season like that. Like we've had some decent ones, obviously 20, 2012 was a really good team, but it just took a while to get there. And we weren't like, really, we weren't really, yeah, it was pre that predated the podcast. Was that the year? I mean, I guess we started the following year. So I guess we were, we were probably, we were riding pretty high then. Cause I think 2013, we had pretty high hopes going oh, yeah. in. That's, that's, um, always, that's what we were doing so much shit talking during the summer leading up to 2013. <laughs> and like, we, you know, we made a bowl. Uh, so it, it could have been worse. And obviously we've, it's fluctuated so much since then, but coming off of those four straight losing seasons, uh, the two under Schaefer, the two under Babers, um, having like a legit, as you said, like a legit top 25 team, a team where we could be like, well, if we hadn't blown that Clemson game, like we'd legitimately be somewhere in the like outskirts of the playoff conversation. Like we'd be like, you know, half we'd be announced halfway through that show instead of like getting some, some little like nod, you know, the first five minutes of it. Um, but having like one of those seasons where we really could like go in and talk about a team that was playing in a pretty big bowl and, and had like a, a legit like college football in the, I guess like the Spencer Hall, like uh, talking about like the college football stars who, you know, will never really play in the NFL, but they're going to be like campus legends forever. Having a quarterback like that, who remains a, a weird campus legends, all the punters, um, you know, I think the site, uh, we, we owe something to uh, a litany of punters throughout the years uh, who have all been really good. Um, like just being able to talk about uh, all of those things uh, that made that, that year special for sure. And then to follow it up with uh, another one of the 
crazy tournament runs. Not as crazy as uh, a couple years earlier, but still really notable. That was a uh, that was a pretty special year, and hopefully we we you know outside of the, the weekly podcast get another one of those soon because uh, the couple years since outside of like last March uh, haven't been nearly as fun <laughs> on and off the field and court. I would certainly agree. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I think that kind of wraps us up here, Dan. I, I think we, uh, I think both today and, uh, and, and on the podcast overall, I think we've covered everything. I, uh, I, I've really enjoyed this again, Dan, and I hope people listening have enjoyed as well. You know, Dan, I, I, I do consider you a great friend and, and I hope that, you know, despite the fact that we're not doing this every week anymore, that we still find ways to talk, hang out in person or virtually. And it's been a pleasure. No, it really has. I mean, we, we legitimately like didn't know each other at all. when We started this podcast, which is, is very funny. Like we had, we had no real background. We had probably, we didn't <laughs> Slack didn't even really exist for us yet. So we were like had chatted in like emails or on Twitter a little bit, uh, but had no real sense before John joined the, the staff of the site. And yeah, no, I totally, I, I totally agree. It's, it's been, it's developed into like a really nice friendship. I mean, I talked to you, it's crazy. Like, yeah, I, there are, there are a lot of really great friends that I've had for years that I don't talk to for like an hour every week. So it's definitely been a, a special thing for me. And, uh, whenever one of us is on the opposite coast, obviously we'll, we'll make something happen, but, uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to miss it in, in a way. And obviously, as I said earlier, I'll be around on the, the updated iteration of this podcast, but that's going to look different. That's going to have different voices and, and I won't be there every week. Uh, but yeah, hopefully we'll we'll see you uh, in the Twitter spaces once you're once you're back and and uh, back from your online vacation uh, and see you you know even on the site a little bit. Um, not that I'm I'm not there too much at this point, but uh, no, it's been a pleasure and and you know we'll have you know we'll both be around. So reach out to us online. But uh, yeah, it's gonna be weird not not finding a time to record this next week and and moving on from there. But uh, certainly doesn't take anything away from eight really fun, really uh, really good years. So uh, I, again, thank everyone for listening to all of these episodes. Like it's been, uh, it's been pretty surreal to, to look back on it once this one goes up. Agreed, agreed. Well, that was Dan. I'm John. Thank you, everybody, for listening to Train Nudes and Absolute Podcast. One last time, um, again, be sure to continue to rate, review, subscribe, because there will be content here. It'll be the live cast. Um, folks and the great work you'll actually probably get better production because steve actually produces those episodes <laughs> <laughs> so, so so for all the uh production haters over the years your uh, your wish has finally been granted but uh dan thanks again thank you everybody for listening it has been a joy and a pleasure and i will see you all soon online at some point go orange <laughs>